Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're back with another podcast. As you can see, a lot to talk about with us. Uh, welcome back to the Renegade Blitz. I'm Ty Polk with Chris Ward and Brandon Walker. Some deals coming around with the Steelers, of course. Uh, we seem to get... Uh, the plans with the Steelers, at least a lot of what I agreed on or what I thought was going to be the running list of what the Steelers are looking for the most in this draft. That's offensive tackle, defensive tackle, and defensive back, specifically corner. That has been one thing they talked about. Uh, of course, now they have an offensive assistant with uh, behind Matt Canada, and the biggest worry in everybody's minds is this is going to be the guy who becomes the new offensive coordinator if it doesn't go well for the Steelers this this season. But uh, what do you guys – what's the burning topic on your mind, Chris? Oh, well, yeah, that was big news today with Glenn Thomas uh, becoming the assistant uh, offensive coach. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he was with uh, at Baylor and Temple with Matt Rule um, before. So, like, he's an understudy of him and uh, – he also was a quarterbacks coach with Atlanta when uh, when Matt Ryan was there, and I, I know I tweeted that today, and people were like, "Oh, like Matt Ryan," but you know, yeah, he, he's washed now. But at, at one time, like you know, ten years ago, he was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So I, I think this move, um, you know, it, maybe uh, they brought him in to help Matt Canada as, as far as like the passing game, because you know, well, we, like we talked on this podcast before, how Matt Canada's more like a he's more like. Uh, known for his run game and like his like jet sweeps and like those type of gadgets, but as far as the passing game, everybody that knows a lot more about X's and O's than me say that his passing game is is uh, not very complex. It's just kind of like simple routes, not nothing really to it. So um, it'll be interesting to see if um, you know the new assistant offensive coach uh, could help uh, develop Kenny Pickett and uh, the passing game overall for the Steelers. Brandon, Glenn Thomas, he was at both at college. He was a he was in Atlanta from for, he probably was there. He was there when he was at the oh, hold on. Oh, he wasn't there quite. He was there like before he became an MVP. And, uh, yeah. and uh, but the passing game concepts are it's gonna be interesting because the Steelers need it bad. It's like you have – it has to be a change in what their offensive philosophy is, and I hope this guy will do that. But the main thing is, like, the word on the street is uh, Matt Canada does not get along with his, with his assistant coaches. Yeah, I mean, he had a track record. Like, what is that new? Someone said on the fan or something? Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's been out there before that he's difficult to work with, you know, the whole LSU situation where uh, Coach O got rid of him rather quickly down there. Um, even at Maryland, I think there were some, you know, you know, some issues, or or he he didn't get the uh, head coach job. And then he was out of football for a year. And then he, and the Steelers brought him. 
But uh, yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. I mean, coaches any any level really like the egos don't always mesh well together. I'm gonna switch it up and and talk about the um, the new additions to the Steelers. Keanu Neal, um, that's effectively the replacement for Terrell Edmonds with it, and and of course, I think anyone anyone thinks about that Tampa Bay defense a few years ago, you, you you're excited about that. But also, uh, I, I want to talk about Brendan Fihilko. I hope that's the way I pronounce his name is pronounced. And everyone was always talking about, especially with Andy Weidel and and how how much the offensive line for the Eagles improved and really was a big part of that Super Bowl run, but but also the defensive line depth of this team. It's clear that the trenches are going to be a big talk with this team coming up in the future. So it, it makes you think about what what really went well with Philadelphia in their Super Bowl winning season and their last appearances, which they were constantly going with defensive line concepts in terms of everyone – Everyone's going out there on defense. They are, they're nine and ten defensive linemen deep, which is interesting with a three four because when you think of that, you think of the plugs. You think of the days of Brett Kiesel, Aaron Smith, and and Casey Hampton, where basically those guys were out there the entire time. And yes, the Steelers defensive line over the last few years, when you think back to um Dan McCullers, to it, Hayward. Hargrave, you know, they they were maneuvering pieces on that defensive line, but it was still largely almost the same three guys out there most of the time with it. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team decides to do that same concept that's normally for a 4-3 defense, especially with how the Eagles do it and how they're going to put that in with 3-4. Because when you look at, Cam Hayward, Ogan Joby, even Wormley. These are guys that are mainly in their 30s, you know? So if they're if they're trying to put a new put a new era on that defensive line for the Steelers, or at least a new idea of thinking that's largely, at least for us, maybe, maybe we haven't noticed it because with the 3-4, there's so many ways you could do things out there, but I remember defensive linemen for the Steelers being four down linemen. So that's an interesting kind of concept if that's what this team is going for now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They definitely need to get younger on the defensive line. And, you know, just looking at their pre-draft visits and everything, uh, you know, it's leaning a lot, you know, defensive line, cornerback, uh, offensive tackle. I think, I think really like, in, in some order, I think that's going to be the first three picks in, in the draft. Oh, uh, you, you guys feel the same same way? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm just trying to uh, see who this Fioku guy is, where he came from, and all that stuff. He's 26 years old. He is in his third year in the league. He was a part of LSU's championship. Exactly. Season. I was going to say that. Ugh. Yeah, he's most, he's most lot, of the run stuffer. No sacks, no forced fumbles. No yeah, tackles for his career. 
6300. So he's I guess he's just a deaf guy, but and you talk about Keanu Neal. I wonder if he's damaged good because he did tear his like tear his ACL a couple of times yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, he was really good his first two he, years. He was good his first couple of years. He helped. He did his thing when they was in that Super Bowl run and they made that run when they when he was a rookie. But I'm just wondering if the Steelers are really what are they? I know understand what they're trying to do, but they're just getting guys that are just guys. Yeah, I've heard people say that too. The same thing like, with the it's inside. just it's not. I'm not impressed. Well, the inside linebackers. Any of these free stations, like, don't be surprised. I'm like, I'm like, okay. But the thing is this, the most important acquisition is probably uh, Thomas out of everybody in the offseason because you got to have concept to help Kenny Pickett grow. Because let's just put, put it in brass taxes. What – what the Steelers are going to be, if they're going to progress, or is they're going to have just another nine and eight year? Because this just feels like another nine and eighteen. They just they're just switching bodies, and and I guess you don't have as many of headaches on the roster. But talent wise, it seems like they're just the same. Want to amend a little bit of what I said? This Neil was more a part of the uh, Falcons team that ended up with the uh, all-too-famous 28-3. He, he played for the Falcons from 2016 uh, to 2020. So thus, that's uh, my bet on that end. But he did he did have um, a few solid seasons under his belt. You think about the um, Dallas 2021 Tampa last year. So, uh, again, it's a depth piece, 27 years old. Yeah, I mean, the the question is with the Steelers, of course, is what they're going to do with that. Uh, everybody talks about the safety from Alabama, of course, Joey Porter Jr. as well. Uh, I mean, they they managed to fix some some things in there. They just added bodies. It looks like, I mean, it's a late free agency acquisition, so there's not a lot you could do in that situation. I don't think any of these guys we have thoughts of, you know, potentially being day one starters for the Steelers. Yeah. Well, pro, pro, uh, pro Football Focus named uh, the the Steelers inside linebackers the worst in the league. Uh, uh, you know, they got Cole Holcomb and um, Landon Roberts, who like you, you guys mentioned, just filling bodies in there. I mean, I, I mean, I think it is an upgrade. I mean, I mean, Devin Bush, Miles Jack, and Robert Spillane. I mean, all. Three really weren't you know weren't impressive last year. So I mean, but but do you do you guys agree with that? Do you think it's an upgrade by how much or uh, what do you think about that? I mean, Jack was a, Jack was a solid piece who who just got hurt. That that was that was all it was with him. I I still feel that he could have he could have been something for this team potentially, especially with a especially if it seemed like they were going to go more more outside linebacker with anything else than inside linebacker in the draft, but who knows what they were going to do. 
market. And they, they freed up some cash, you know, space. Uh, that might have uh, been more to with Miles Jack. But, you know, the inside linebackers, they created no turnovers last year. Um, so they, they really didn't have much, you know, they couldn't really get worse than what they were. So, I don't, Vernon, you know, you said you like Cole Holcomb from what you saw from him in Washington. I mean, yeah, I like what I saw. He's a thumper. Got some speed to him, but he's not a big splash guy. Yeah. Robert, I, I, they like two thumpers. They still have the same problem. They still have not replaced the player. As, I'll, I'll ask, is the one is linebacker play like devalued in this league now? Everybody <laughs> says running backs are devalued, but do you think? I think that, like outside think, edge edge rusher out. Outside linebacker is really, really the only thing that matters with it. I mean, take corner. a look at, yeah, corner and stuff like that. But take, I think the best example of how much a linebacker has been devalued is, ironically, the Philadelphia Eagles, as we mentioned earlier. Let's think back of how many pass rushing defensive tackles, defensive ends they have there. Yeah. I mean, it's edge or nothing there. Uh, effectively, a middle linebacker is is – brought on to be, as I always said, the cop. The cop, the guy that patrols the middle, that, you know, basically, it, it's basically, for lack of a better term, it's more like teams are running cover three than, than anything else. And you got defensive too, line. So. Yeah. So it's basically like, yeah, it's funny you brought that up because I actually saw a tweet today where people were saying that they, they had a bunch of draft picks in the first round for a linebacker. That's why I asked the question. Oh, you saw that too. I was like, it was like, it was like people talk about running back, but then you you know uh, inside linebacker and yeah, you know you could you could drop a safety down in the box. I mean, look, that, you know, Keenan uh, Neal, you know, he'll probably be do, doing some. You know, he'll you know, I'm sure he'll be doing stuff like that. You know, they lost Terrell Edmonds, so uh, you know, he, you know, he'll replace that role. And uh, he he only he got uh, two years, four point five million. That was his deal. And Edmonds, I think he only got one year, two point eight five million yeah. from the Eagles. He didn't get a lot, and the Steelers made an offer to him. But it seems like Edmonds just he, he wanted to change the scenery. It appears. Uh, let's let's think back to one thing with linebackers. I mean, I was always of the mindset, uh, at least with some thoughts. It was just like some inklings. Was Devin Bush more a safety? Anything else? You said, I mean, you, said, you said that in some conversations. I don't know. because no, I, I don't know what to say that. But he's 5'11". He, he, he probably would have been worse at that. <laughs> yeah, you, you got a point. I, I, you see, move on, move on. Move let's on. move on. But, yeah, let's let's move on. But also, I think back to Arizona with the money backer, Dion Buchanan, Mark Barron, who had a cup of coffee as a stealer. I feel that because of the spread out offensive nature with it, linebackers are more, are asked more than ever to be pat to be um, pass defenders than anything else. Everyone got on the Steelers about having linebackers that that effectively are covering slot wide receivers, but that's what the league commanded. It, it, the league you needed an, a linebacker that could do it all. That's why Shazier was so coveted in the time that he was around here. You could put him on a wideout uh, occasionally, and he could he could do his business. 
And of course, whenever you had the umpteen tight end situations with it, tight ends became such a bigger, such a bigger gashing point against the Steelers. You think back to how many times Rob Gronkowski was out there murdering whoever was a strong safety before before Terrell Edmonds. I, I I'll never Sean forget Davis. him. I'll never forget him laughing at Sean Davis after a jump ball. I'm sitting there in a bar in Pittsburgh, and I'm just like, man, I, I would never. I, I would never want to be in that situation, getting emasculated like that, ever. But there, there's just so much more that you can come to. And Brandon, mute your mic, please. <laughs> I had to mute it, man. Sorry. Filling it up, filling it up with some water. <laughs> have you guys been looking at some of the prospects that have been coming in for pre-draft visits? Or uh, who, who do you like? I know I saw the Steelers uh, – they had a private dinner with uh, Ringo, the cornerback from uh, Georgia. Um, it seems like they're really heavily uh, interested in him. Uh, you know, a bunch of offensive tackles. Uh, you know, they've kind of been like interior still. Like they might want a center. I think. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know when they'll get that though. I mean, they have so many other needs. Um, but but who who do you guys like that you've seen uh, on the pre draft visits? I don't. Think, I, I honestly haven't kept track of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just figure out. They uh hosted Joey Porter Jr. yet? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, March thirtieth. See, I, that's like a lot to keep track of. Yeah, it, it's a lot to keep in there. I mean, they even found they even found a way to to work out a quarterback, Clayton Toon from Houston. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but eh, maybe maybe for a body if they decide they yeah, they still need a sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Bud Dupree visited last week, and uh, he didn't come away with a contract yet. I mean, I guess he uh, had a, a physical and everything, but they really need a, a third outside linebacker right yeah. now. That's another yeah. thing. That's, that's, you know, that's why I was. That's why you know, I was. I said earlier potentially that it seemed like they were going to go more outside linebacker in the draft again, because I, I mean, you know what? Let me tell yeah. you. If they go first round outside linebacker, and no, they call me crazy. If you if you find a good one, if he's the best way available. Take him. Yeah, I, I seen uh, uh one mock draft had that uh, Van Ness from Iowa. Um, I think he's like an edge rush. Yeah, uh, number thirty two, uh, or their 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 uh their second pick, uh, the, the the first pick in the second round, they might go there uh, if he's there still. Um, wide receiver, I think the, there was talks about Addison. I, you know, people want that connect, but they, they haven't really showed any interest in him. You know, they didn't go, or they only had like a, like they didn't have the main guys there to, to, uh, at his USC pro day. And they um, met one USC player, and that's an edge rusher on April third. Yeah, and then Addison didn't come in for pre-draft visit. So, you know, people say, oh, well, he was next door for all those years, so like they know about, but. Uh, I, yeah, I, but I, it's a year away, and he got he got to he he's got to work with two different Heisman caliber quarterbacks, and and I'd like to believe that USC had something advanced. Brennan Marion was a good wide receiver coach at mm-hmm. Pitt and all that stuff, no doubt, no doubt about that. But he's going out there; he's in a different style out there in the Pac-12. I think you you'd want to keep an eye on him because he. I think every I think everyone had some struggles <laughs> whenever you go go out there and transfer, especially when you go from being the main 
the main guy to being like, you know, at, at times a two or three. And, it, and unlike, unlike Pitt, in which they were basically force-feeding him the ball, he had to be a flow of the offense guy out there in, at USC. Yeah. What did he learn from that situation? Because that's more aligned to what he would end up being in the pros until he, no doubt, established himself as the guy. But his measurements are not impressive either. Yeah, he's pretty small. Uh, he was never the biggest guy. Like 5'11", 175. It wasn't crazy fast. The numbers weren't that good at the combine. I mean, he had a great year, you know, Kenny Pickett there in 2021 and everything, but I don't know. We'll have to see, you know, how he develops in the NFL. I mean, yeah, I think he's a good player. I just – I don't I – I, I don't think – I mean, the Steelers do need probably another receiver. You have to see Calvin Austin the third. you know. He was out all last year, but uh, probably probably not till like, you know, at least pick 80 maybe. I think they might go receiver, but um, pick 80th overall, I mean. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, they got later round receivers. They were looking at Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss and Thayer Thomas from North Carolina State. Yeah, uh, Michigan. You can't say like Calvin Austin is going to be the savior at the slot receiver because you never know what a foot injury is like. Like some people say it's worse than the injury. Yeah. uh yeah, it was a Liz, Liz Frank, I believe. And uh, I think the next week, I think I saw they're having a Michigan State receiver come in for a pre-draft visit, uh, Jaden Reed. Yep. All I know is Josh Downs. I mean, they, they yeah, had... we could get somebody that could uh, catch the ball, and we get uh, he's the last questionable one. We need to get that. He, there's one, one more, one more, and I think this team will be good. They're definitely gonna they're they're definitely gonna get a, a receiver probably in that in and around the uh the A B side of the draft, fifth, sixth, seventh. Oh um, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna they, they, they can't help themselves when it comes to a wide receiver. They any late round wide receiver they gotta say, give me him, please. And that's fine, because it cause for some reason with this team, more often than not, it works out. Yeah, worry, it'll work out. Trust me, I think they'll have somebody that we get him. Pickens will be one. That guy will be two. Hopefully, Austin will be three. And we can ship uh, your boy out of here. I don't and- think they're shipping Deontay out anytime soon. They need they, you, you. You've been saying it for a while. They need another adult in that room. If they're if yeah, they for me to be com- for me to be comfortable with them giving Deontay Johnson the uh, the goodbye. They need an adult in that room, and and also I need to see uh, Pickens, Pickens truly take that leap into a guy that yeah. he, the hype's cool. real, and he's shown a lot of it. But he needs to go out there and and kick it up even up to another level. I need him to go from like Super Saiyan two right now to Super Saiyan three, and maybe even maybe even Super Saiyan four, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Tomlin said at the owners meeting that uh, it, it, you know no touchdowns for uh, Deontay Johnson last year was was more of a reflection on the offense overall rather than you know his skill set and, and uh, his talent as a receiver. You know, you know I understand that. You know, I, I get that too. I mean, they were bringing in a, a rookie quarterback and you know uh, you know had a growing pain uh, early in the year and they started finally 
figure things out later in the year, but it was more kind of the run game that got that going. I mean, like their longest touchdown pass last year was 31 yards to uh, George Pickens in the last game of the year. I was like, that, that's pretty bad when you're 31 yards is your longest, you know. Yeah, I think it was 31 to overall, too, touchdown, I think, uh, was the longest for them last year. Speaking of which, yeah. we were talking about the offense. Let's talk about one of the central figures to that offense, uh, Kenny Pickett. Very nice, long article on Steelers.com. Chris, you and me talked about it beforehand. Um, yeah. What's the gist of it? Kenny Pickett's working hard in the offseason, which what we always want to hear. Mm-hmm. He's always been a hard worker, but it also talked a little bit about, you know, some background in between the game against the Bills. Uh, his grandfather died before his first official NFL start uh, against Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh. Buffalo. So, I mean, that was, that's always tough to deal with at, as a quarterback. And then, and then, yeah. Yeah. It, it was a great article. <laughs> it well on the long side, but, you know, for one interview. But hey, that's yeah, how I it guess- is. Uh, Pickett, he was saying that uh, he got right back to training like shortly after season, only only like maybe a week he took or, or only a few days, I think. And then he got back because he was he didn't know what to do with himself. So, uh, you know, Pickett, you know, he's a grinder. He's been working down in South Florida with his personal quarterback coach. And I think right now they're working in New Jer- in his home state in New Jersey right now. Uh, and Pickett also said that during the season, like he was first one in, last one out, really. He was saying that. Uh, when he got there, it was dark, and when he left, it was dark. So he had to like get some vitamin D or something like that because he, he wasn't seeing sunlight. So uh, you always like to see that, hear that from the, the QB one and everything. Um, but uh, it, it was a good article. I, uh, you know, I highly recommend reading it on Steelers.com. I'll read it. Yeah, it's it, it's a good article. It has a lot of has a lot of background information. I think it's it's stuff that you you always want to see. All right, well, I have a question. When do you think that the pressure starts getting on to pick, pick it, pick it for him uh, to get yeah. better and the Steelers to start winning? This year, I think, you know, always in Pittsburgh, especially this is year two. And, you know, the fans are there. They wanted Matt Cannon out of there beforehand. So, um, you know, there's always high expectations in Pittsburgh. So I think this year, year two, you know, he said he in that article, he wants to make a big leap in year two. So. Um, he's putting the work in and everything. Uh, you know, he showed strides late in the year. So but I, I definitely think here in 2023. I think it's – I think for him, he, he's got a six-game buffer before they start saying maybe it's it's not just Canada that has to go if, if things were to go bad. I'd say a, a four- to six-game buffer for him before fans start saying, all right, if he's not – performing to what he's been saying and taking that leap in which the fans start to have those questions for him. So I think, I think a good start to the season is definitely going to have to be something with him. I say, yeah, you, you are absolutely, I say game one. Teams aren't waiting no more. You see how they're trying, like they're trying to trade your boy for New England. Yeah, yeah about that already. You're right. It, it moves fast. It's uh, like it moves fast. Like Zach Wilson, the Jets. Zach, well, he's just, he was. Just, I, I I questioned that pick. 
Yeah, the ball, all, yeah. Like all based off his pro day throw, like the, the, everybody freaked out about it. Because I never saw it when he was at BYU. I seen him play play against Coastal Carolina, and the game got a little chippy, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, you know, moves fast, especially that franchise quarterback. You know, or you know, the teams want that franchise quarterback, and um, now you pick it. You know, he checks off all the leadership, work ethic. Um, you know, he, he has a pretty good arm too. I was like watching some of his training, or uh, there a clip came on Twitter today. You know, he throws a pretty nice deep ball. Uh, the ball comes out of his hand pretty nice, like his release and everything. Um, I think it all, it all comes down to you know getting is he good to, enough. Yeah, getting used to the speed of the NFL and really like the you know the quarterback. I think is so mental in the NFL, especially making the proper reads and everything. I mean, uh, I think that that's a lot of it to it. I, I'll say this: if they were trusting him in two minute situations, and he was doing well. That that's always a plus because that's yeah. winning time for a quarterback. That's where you truly make your money. So if he's putting the work in and if he can continue with what he did in the later part of the season and finding a way to win games, I, I think that's all you can ask for. And 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 you were talking about the uh, the offensive assistant that they hired. I mean, early Matt Ryan, he had some flashes. I think you think back to that to his first professional pass was a touchdown. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So you want you want some some of those things out of early Matt Ryan out of Kenny Pickett because there was a long time in which Matt Ryan was able to not exactly be in that upper echelon and especially with how the quarterback situation is now revolving in the AFC North. We didn't even talk about the Lamar Jackson situation. Even even though it doesn't really have much of a bearing to us as people who are vested into the uh, days and nights of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but still, that's something to think of in the future. With that, yeah, yeah, that's a big storyline right now. They, they had their press conference, the, the Ravens, their pre-draft press conference. Like they didn't even uh, mention him, I think, and they had, they they were declined to even talk about the whole situation. But uh, I don't know that. that if that, if he were to leave Baltimore, like depending on what kind of trade, if they trade for another quarter, I, I think regardless, um, you know the Ravens are there. They're in pretty deep trouble, I think, uh, especially this coming year. Um, it is, for some reason, like there, there's been a lot of drama involved with Baltimore lately, with players just like wanting out there and stuff. And you know, they had they had the whole strength and conditioning coach situation. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, we we're we're here to talk, you know, Steelers pocket, but you know. Well, let's, that would affect the AFC North, you know, big time. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about this. So, if Lamar Jackson was to lead the AFC North, that automatically, unless the Ravens somehow get those those high end quarterbacks in the draft, and I'm talking uh, the Bryce Youngs, and that's Richardson. most likely not going to happen with that. Uh, Richardson's probably the closest to to a Zach Wilson in which people are really in love of his yeah. pro day and stuff like that. So if they were somehow able to if, – if they lose Lamar Jackson and they have some rookie quarterback in there, say a Will Levis or something like that potentially, I'm not sure how, how the rankings would be in, in terms of quarterback in the draft where they would be able to get a quarterback at where they are. 
would would this put would this change everything with the Steelers? Would you suddenly go, yeah, this is a team that could that could be in the playoffs? Not they're not they're probably not going to win the AFC North, but would you say that they would be a comfortable second place team in the division and thus earn a trip back to the playoffs? Oh. Here's the thing. (laughs) I think they'll find a way to work it out, but I also think the Steelers might be a little bit better than Baltimore the way I see it right now anyway. So I think they're the second best team in the AFC North, but they're a mile behind Cincinnati right now. Yeah, I I think I'll – yeah, I think you know the win total came out last week for like the you know a lot of the betting sites and everything, and they have the Steelers at eight and a half. Uh, they're over under win total, and that kind of seems right to me. Or like right now, like they're they like Brand, you said like they're kind of like they're like sitting on that like nine and eight. Like they're not going to be terrible. They're not going to be that. That's how I look at them right now. Like I don't see them as like I, I see them like as a, a, a borderline playoff team. I, I would agree with that that statement. They're like they're. Mid, yeah, yeah. Our, our favorite word from the 2022 season. <laughs> they, they are. The it's a mid. It's a mid team right now. Unless be, there's so much that goes into it. It's who they draft, mm-hmm. and yeah. and who takes that leap. Especially on the offense with how young they are. How, what's the leap that Kenny Pickett makes? What's the leap that George Pickens makes? Does Najee is is what we've seen at the end of the season with Najee more of what we'll see from him next year, or was or was it an anomaly because of everything else around him? And then we see that it's more of what we seen whenever he was dealing with that list rank injury. Pat Fryer move is he going to take that that next step into? being a, a top 12 tight end in this league. The offensive line. Well, will more of what we've seen from them, at least in the run game, also translate over into protecting Kenny Pickett with some more fervor around it? And, and then you look at the defense. How is this secondary? And how and can that high-end talent stick around in, in turn and not get hurt? You need a corner. And uh, Pickens, you know, another, like, I think he has potential to really, you know, be an elite receiver. But, uh, you know, it, can Matt Canada's his scheme and everything, Kenny Pickett, can, you know, can they develop? Well, they, they had a pretty good chemistry last year. I just, I just want to see – I just want to see him, you know, take off even more, really. That, that's – you know, put up more points and everything, you know. That, that's what they got to keep up with the rest of the NFL, really. I think that well, they average only 18 points or something like that this past year. Um, they they, they got to and only reach thirty points once. I think. I mean, they got they got to do better than that. Yeah. Because a lot of what this team this team has, it's it's more built on what what jump the offense makes than anything really with the defense outside of T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Cam Hayward. We'll worry about I'm everything else with this it. team after they figure out what they draft in there. Because then that's because then that's the, the additional questions for the defense. We still don't know who, who they're picking up. What's up? 
You want to put Highsmith up there? Highsmith, High, Highsmith also can be a part of that. His development, he, he's shown flashes went out. Now, can he make that jump that replicates what TJ Watt and Bud Dupree had for two years before Dupree elected to leave for Tennessee? And another person that, that, that could be that could, that could make a difference, DeMarvin Leal. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of other jumps with the team defensively. I just yeah. think that when I look at when I look at what's the biggest uh, lightning rods in my head right now, warning signs, alerts, whatever you want to say, I, I view that offense more than anything else. Need a left tackle unless you want to. If you unless you're comfortable with Dan Moore, I don't think anyone's really comfortable with Dan Moore. I think low key Tomlin isn't comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah, right. He he hasn't exactly had had a mm-hmm. thing that makes me go this. I will say this right now: after free agency, I, I'm much more okay with the interior of the offensive line than anything that that protects an edge right now. Oh yeah. I think I think the interior offensive line, they're doing the opposite of what they used to do. They used to try to buy the outside. Now they're buying the, the interior. It seems like they're finally gonna draft something on the off on the outside with their first two picks. Yeah, you definitely it looks like it's it's, it's heading towards that way. Uh the the Steelers really like, you know, they they don't really hide any seat. Like last year, everyone knew quarterback, it was gonna be a quarterback, and then before that running back, they you know they showed a lot of signs with you know Najee Harris. So I think uh, you know those three positions probably more likely tackle or corner. I think is where they're leaning, and they got two picks in the first thirty-two. So um, you know that, that's uh, you know Omar Khan really really has you know he had a he had active really most active free agent that I've ever really seen. Um, and, and you mentioned Brandon. It seemed like they kind of got like too many just like you know guys in a sense. And then, but uh, you know, he's going to have to really, uh, you know, uh, you know, knock it out of the park here with the the draft. But whatever they need to do, they need to get impact players. That's what they need. They don't have enough of them still. You're right. They, especially when you talk about it. I mean, these guys feel like role players in a lot of in a lot of ways of what they got, which is fine. You need role players in this league. But I I think these the, those first three picks it, it is going to have it, they need punch they need punch that's what they need right now. Yeah, but you know terms out there what, what, what's Pat McAfee? They need a, like a dog like like someone like that like like uh, like a player like that. Someone someone that has a mentality of where this is it you don't have to look anymore. Yeah. I'm your guy. That's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, they they need a, a a real impact player, especially at cornerback. I mean, they they've been needing that for years. It seems cornerback, uh, inside linebacker with Ryan Shazier, like they've struggled to replace that. You know, I I, I know I put that out on Twitter today about like, you know, are, are we in a general agreement that's going to be offensive tackle, uh, defensive lineman, and cornerback with the first three picks? And uh, one one person mentioned that they they probably still need an off ball. Uh, inside linebacker, but I, I don't know if they'll go there. I mean, they could. I mean, they, they could go there. Um, that's definitely a need still, I think. Uh, I mean, they have Mark Robinson, but uh, 
I, I you know I, I could I could potentially see that happening though. I will I will say this. Remember the entire thing with Shay's ear? They fell in a Shay's ear. That 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 was why. That was when the Steelers were at their best pick available best. So they're gonna have to fall into whoever that is. Or it has yeah. to be a major need. And it's a pretty big one right now, but I I wouldn't say at this moment it's one that makes me go, You need this. Stop playing with me. Yeah. It- Keep your picks or trade that. Don't 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 trade up to number ten ever again. <laughs> yeah, but um, I want to say don't. Never mind. Don't trade what, up. Period. Uh, don't trade up. Towards the end of the podcast, I have a, a quick question I want to ask you guys. But I, I, I'm almost I, done. I'm almost done. But go ahead. Right. Well, I mean, okay. well, that's the end of the podcast. We'll let you have the final word, man. All right, you, you know how like I like stuff like this. I'm kind of like a degenerate for stuff like. But uh, Pro Football Focus posted on Twitter the other day, uh, who's the best wide receiver since 2000, and uh, the, the receivers listed were Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Steve Smith Sr., and Terrell Owens. So those seven receivers, uh, how how would you rank those? Or <clears throat> if you can't remember, well, I'll just say like who do you think's the best. Wow, that's that's a hard that's a hard sell. Can you can you send this real quick? Yeah, and, yeah, I'll put a group chat because yeah, I, I did it. Yeah, was kind can of you funny. send that real quick? But I, I can tell you this right now. Top seven. To to is is probably number one for me. And that and that's just romanticizing that because that was the that was a part of the big group of wide receivers. That, that I would put out there. So one is T.O., two is A.B. Three is Julio. Matter of fact, no, switch switch T.O. and Julio, let's be honest. They're, they're kind of the same. They're an interchangeable one and three, and I feel like smoking Jim whenever I do this. I swear to God. Um... Who else is I'll left? say Moss. Moss? Dang, he's out there too. I forgot. Yeah, I would probably say Moss number one. Yeah, Moss number two. Moss, not, Moss one. This is tough. I, thought Steve, yeah. I think Steve Smith is a little bit better, more balanced of a receiver than A.B. Really? Oh, really? I mean, he, Steve Smith was good, but – Steve I, Smith, I, Steve I, Smith, I, I could tell you this right now. He would be seven in this list. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Oh, I would have yeah, AB I, AB and I love, I love me some Steve Smith. Yeah, AB just didn't do it uh, as long as some of these other guys. That's the only issue. AB had, AB had the most, the most devastating. I'll put it to you like this. I think Randy was dominant. Randy was dominant, but AB was devastating. It, it it's similar words and people people would clown me for that, but yeah. domination is that you know you know that there's no chance. And then Calvin Johnson had the same thing where he didn't really do it as long either. But I mean those early two thousands, I mean he was unbelievable. Like it's you know, too early, much of a it's too much of a mix. mix. Early two thousand tens, I mean sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, early two thousand tens, he was unbelievable. <sighs> <sighs> 
Larry ain't nothing to sniff out either. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, one of the best receivers. Larry, Larry, with this is is kind of like the reliable. I I put him in the middle because I have nothing. I have nowhere to whiff him. He's clearly up there. But man, sometimes even with, even with Steve Smith, if if you could tell me another wide receiver in that time frame, there's a possibility that I'd have to put. Put whoever you place in there, like like for example, no one wants to put Marvin Harrison up there. Oh uh, yeah, there there is an option for uh, for an other. So yeah, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. Yeah, like one one of the one of the Peyton wide receivers. That that's yeah, where I would they, probably they kind of wash each other out though. Steve, I'll I'll put it to you like this for Steve Smith. He had the he had to carry quarterbacks that weren't that that probably outside of Cam Newton, and even then you could probably argue with Cam Newton at times. Because think about Steve Smith; he had Jake Delhomme, an early Cam Newton, and Joe Flacco. Who did Antonio Brown have? Ben and Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Julio had. Julio had Matt Ryan. Really, when you put it like this, that also makes you go with Larry. Because think about what Larry had. Yeah, between Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer, those years weren't pretty. Josh McCown? (laughs) Kevin Kolb? Cobb. Whatever. (laughs) I'll I'll try to take a a rank. I'll try to do the rank. This is tough, though. I'll say Randy. Like, this is just the players that I've watched and Randy also had, when you think about it, who benefited the most out of having Randy Moss? And I know you're going to say Brady, but I'd say argue on a higher level it was Culpepper. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'll I'll go Randy Moss number one. I'll say AB two. Then Terrell Owens three. Um, And then it gets, uh, I'll say Calvin Johnson four. Man, when you really even think about it with Owens, like Julio Jones five, then Fitzgerald six, and then Steve Smith Senior seven. But it's you, so you, tough. You could go either way with that, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't realistically put. I, I could tell you this right now: Smith's only seven because there's no realistic way that I could put him at one or two. No, I mean he was he he didn't have this like he was a undersized receiver, but he was. He was tough though. He was he was a good receiver. He was he was he was Heinz Ward. He if you put a couple more inches off of him and make him twice as angry. Yeah. (laughs) And and Steve Smith was the wide receiver that I wanted to be most. I wanted to be Steve Smith more than any other wide receiver in that. And and I and I could tell you up and down about all those those two thousands wide receivers and and I could tell you and I'd say. My favorite, my favorite was To. I like To more than Randy Moss. Yeah. But the receiver that I wanted to be the most was Steve Smith. All right, I'll take Moss, Owens, Ab, Julio, Calvin Johnson, Larry, and then Steve Smith. 
Yeah, and Larry, Larry could have been higher too, just that his quarterback thing situation kind of let him lower on that list. I mean, the, the, the quarterback situation puts him in the Hall of Fame, no doubt, with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he was so reliable. Like, he never dropped passes, like, rarely ever. Uh, great teammate. You know, it, rare for a receiver not to be a, a, a diva. Larry Fitch, you know, he wasn't that. So, yeah, he was a fun player to watch. I, I can't. I can't. So, so in short, with me, I can't rank him because I think so much because it it takes personal favorite wide receivers. I, I mean, I, I put it to you like this: out of everyone in that group, the only one that I that I'm kind of meh about is Julio. Yeah. And and it's and it's nothing against him because I could tell that he's a great wide receiver, but it's just that for some reason there's just certain things that. I never I, – I, I can acknowledge that he's a great wide receiver, but he was never my favorite. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we spent yeah, more time yeah. talking about this than anything else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, I, but I, I, love, I love stuff like this. For, I'm just like I'm, – I'm like a nerd when it comes to stuff. <laughs> I mean, I am too. <laughs> All right, so we had some fun with the final question here. Of course, you have the wide receiver debate. I mean, they're all they're all my favorites, really. I, I like even the ones that I don't necessarily have much of an opinion on, like Julio. I still like, but yeah. Anyway, that's the Renegade Blitz. Chris Ward, Brandon Walker. I'm Ty Polk. See you later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.